Good morning. Welcome to Northfield. My name is Micah, for those who do not know me. Uh, I know Christmas was yesterday, but today, here in Northfield, Christmas is today, because this is officially our Christmas service. So Merry Christmas. Turn in your Bibles to the book of Isaiah, chapter 12. Isaiah 12 is a short chapter, six verses, and that is where we will conclude our four-week Advent series uh, earlier in the month. If you remember, Rick began this series in Isaiah chapter 40, prepare the way of the Lord, it said. It was Isaiah's prophecy about John the Baptist who prepared the people for the coming Messiah. After that, Doug spoke on the first chapter of Luke, we looked at Mary's Magnificat, where after she had been told by the angel that she would become the mother of our Savior, Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. And then last week, we were given this profound message Almost like a bomb being dropped on our laps, really. If you remember when we learned that Don Blair likes Hallmark Christmas movies. (laughs) but, But we have forgiven him. He confessed it. And we will move on. Actually, Don preached a wonderful sermon last week on the last part of Luke chapter 1, Zechariah's prophecy. Uh, Just before the birth of Jesus, when John the Baptist was born, and his father Zechariah, his mouth was opened and he was able to speak again for the first time in nine months. And he said, blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. And so now today, in our fourth part of this series, in Isaiah chapter 12, um, we will look further into praising our Savior. But let's pray before we begin. Lord God, who are we that you would send your Son for us? You give us mouths, and we curse you. You give us legs, and we we run from you. You give us arms, and we shake our fists at you. You give us your Son, And you bring us to our knees because we see your great love, your great forgiveness, your great sacrifice from the greatest gift ever given. Thank you. We pray this in your son's name. Amen. The chapters in Isaiah that uh, lead up to our passage, they are filled with some of the most incredible prophecies about the birth of our Savior, Uh, words that many of you are familiar with during this season, this time of year, because you hear them each Christmas. For example, Isaiah chapter 7, behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Isaiah 9 For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Isaiah 11, Don mentioned this passage last week, there shall come forth a shoot 
From the stump of Jesse in a branch from his roots shall bear fruit, and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. All of these great passages, these great promises, along with a whole lot of other promises in these chapters that precede our passage today about not just the first coming of Jesus, but a second coming as well. And so by the time we get to Isaiah chapter 12, the prophet can't hold it in any longer. He explodes with celebration over the promised Messiah who would step down from heaven, be born of a virgin from the line of David. And come to save his people and liberate them into eternal comfort, eternal salvation, eternal joy. That is why we celebrate Christmas. Let's read our passage in Isaiah chapter 12, all six verses. You will say in that day, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, for though you were angry with me, your anger turned away that you might comfort me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid, for the Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation, and you will say in that day, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples, proclaim that his name is exalted, sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the earth. Shout and sing for joy, O inhabitant of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. Isaiah begins this passage in verse 1 with, you will say, in that day, that day, That day happened 2,000 years ago when Jesus was born. It's what we celebrate every single year. That day that he's talking about is Christmas. And every single Christmas, we give thanks. We give thanks to those who give us gifts, right? I got some great gifts for Christmas this year. Suzanne got me the exact pair of hiking shoes that I was hoping for. I got a shirt. I got a nice hat. I got some grill stuff. And I appropriately gave thanks to Suzanne and the rest of the family who gave me these gifts. You know what God gave us? His son. And so like, in, like verse 1 says, we say on Christmas Day... I will give thanks to you, O Lord. For though you were angry with me, your anger turned away, that you might comfort me. What turns away your anger when you're angry? You know what turns away my anger? I need time. I need time. I need to cool down when I'm angry. For some of you, maybe it's a distraction. Maybe some of you hit the bottle and you need a few drinks to cool off. That's not our God. Our God, his anger wasn't turned away because he simply calmed down after a few drinks. Because God's anger is not like our anger. Our anger is emotional and it's almost always sinful. God's anger is pure. It's there for all the right reasons. And his anger could only be turned away by our Savior. Earlier this year, we did a a series on the book of Romans, if you remember, and one of the big words in Romans chapter 3 we saw was propitiation. 
Propitiation is the turning away of God's anger. It's what Jesus did for us when he came to earth and died upon that cross. So when verse 1 says, though you were angry with me, your anger turned away, it's because Jesus came to accomplish that very task, to be the propitiation for our sins, to turn away God's anger. Verse 1 concludes, that you might comfort me. Isn't it incredible that the one who needed comfort came to comfort? Jesus was born in an unheated, unclean, uncomfortable stable. Can you imagine the comfort that this newborn baby craved from the arms and the breasts of his mother? He was born a helpless child, lacking comfort, needing comfort. And yet, he is our God who gives us comfort. He is the one who created the very comfort he came in needing. In the very last chapter of the book of Isaiah, God said, As one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you. You shall be comforted in Jerusalem. That comfort came in the form of a baby lying in a manger who grew into a man dying upon a cross and rose again and ascended back to the right hand of the Father and he'll come again with the name King of Kings and Lord of Lords written upon his robe because he's the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning of the end. That is our comfort. And it all started on Christmas. That you might comfort me, verse 1 ends. Verse 2, behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. This verse is the title of today's sermon. God is my salvation. This verse is the essence of our faith. God is my salvation. This verse is what sets Jesus apart. He is our salvation. That's why he was born into this world. Jesus was not born into this world merely to be our friend. That's all I needed was a friend. I could join Facebook, make one stupid post, and instantly have a thousand friends. Jesus was not born into this world merely to show us compassion. If that's all I need was some compassion, I'm sure I could find a good therapist in the Peoria area to help make me feel better about myself. Jesus was not born into this world merely to be our healer. Because if I just need healing, I have a great family doc I can go to. Jesus was not born into this world merely to be our provider. If that is my greatest need, I have a job with a great company. They provide for me wonderfully. Jesus was not born into this world merely to be our helper. If that's all I need is some help, I have a son. I can use Judd to be my helper. The reason Jesus came into this world was to be our salvation. 
That's what sets him apart. Because I cannot call upon my friend or my therapist or my doctor or my employer or not even my own son to be my savior. But I can call upon God's own son. Behold, God is my salvation. It's what sets Jesus apart. Verse 2 continues, I will trust and will not be afraid, for the Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Isaiah here is echoing the words of Moses. Right after God delivered his people out of Egypt and across the Red Sea, Moses sang these exact same words, the Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. These same words would again be sung later during the time of Ezra, after the temple was rebuilt. The people sang, the Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. And here in verse 2, these same words are again sung as Isaiah foresees the coming of Jesus, the God of our salvation. And he sings, the Lord is my strength and my song. And he has become my salvation. Is he your strength this Christmas? Has he become your salvation? We get ridiculously preoccupied during the Christmas season, don't we? It's as busy as can be. We go from Christmas program to Christmas program. We have parties at work parties at home, parties at other people's homes. We spend time with family. We spend time avoiding family. We stress about how we're going to get it all done. We wonder if we're spending too much. We wonder if we're not spending enough. We stress about everything. We worry about baking enough cookies, and then we worry about eating too many of them. We get so preoccupied during the holidays. Can we pause to remind ourselves that the Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. That was Moses' praise right after they crossed the Red Sea. That was the people's praise after the temple was rebuilt. And this, this is Isaiah's praise right here after all the promises leading up to this chapter that the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and that his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The Lord is my strength and my song and he has become my salvation. Is he your strength this Christmas? Has he become your salvation? Because we don't celebrate Jesus' birthday just to have one more chaotic birthday party in our lives. We celebrate Jesus' birthday because he is our strength. He is our song. He is the God of our salvation. And he is our joy. Verse 3, with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Do you have joy this Christmas? Some of you are newly married. You have still not yet discovered that your spouse is as selfish as you are. You're thrilled. Some of you are newly widowed. You're filled with tears. Do you have joy this Christmas? 
Some of you got a great Christmas bonus, way better than Clark Griswold's Jelly of the Month Club. Some of you lost your job this past year. Do you have joy this Christmas? Some of you are healthy. You feel great. Some of you feel terrible. You're in pain. Your illness is terminal. Do you have joy this Christmas? You see, I'm not asking if you're happy this Christmas because some of you are and some of you are not. Happiness comes and goes with life events. I'm asking if you have joy this Christmas. Do you have joy over the birth of your Savior? Do you have joy over the promise that regardless of what's going on in your life, you will draw water from the wells of salvation? The wells of salvation are not the wells that you and I are used to here in Tremont. They're not full of iron and looking like iced tea coming out of the faucet. The wells of salvation don't run dry at some point. The the pump never breaks. Because the wells of salvation are permanent. They never, ever run dry. And they're filled with living water that is so pure, so refreshing, so potent, that whoever drinks of these wells will never be thirsty again. Are you thirsty? God spoke through Isaiah later on in this book saying, come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. Are you thirsty for something more substantial than the same old gifts, the same old get-togethers, the same old materialism and gluttony and loneliness and short tempers and jealousy during the holidays? With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Verse 4, you will say in that day, remember that day is Christmas. You will say in that day. And now the remainder of this chapter is really kind of a recipe for, for those lacking in joy, how to experience joy this Christmas. Look again in verse 4. Give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name. If you're short on joy this Christmas, you might be dwelling more on your circumstances than you are on your Savior, who was born on Christmas Day. Take time in the midst of your frustration, your loneliness, your defeat, your exhaustion. Take time. To give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, because he sent his son for you. Last part of verse 4, make known his deeds among the peoples, proclaim that his name is exalted. You want joy? Don't let other people's deeds determine your Christmas. Make known his deeds this Christmas. Don't despair because your name isn't exalted. Proclaim that his name is exalted. Verse 5, sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Remember what the angels sang 
Right after they announced to the shepherds that Jesus Christ had been born in Bethlehem, they sang glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. We too can find great joy in singing praises to the Lord for he has done gloriously. Verse 5 continues, let this be made known in all the earth. How many of you saw the Chosen Christmas special this year? Christmas with the Chosen. I'm guessing about the entire church did after Steve Thompson's announcement. You remember the line that was repeated over and over? People must know. People must know that Jesus has come to be our Savior. You want joy this Christmas? Let this be made known in all the earth. And finally, verse 6, shout and sing for joy, O inhabitant of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. Shout and sing for joy. People shout and sing for joy over the dumbest, most meaningless stuff today. Country singers will shout and sing for joy over a bottle of whiskey. Rappers will shout and sing for joy over money. Pop stars will shout and sing for joy over a new boyfriend or girlfriend. Chicago Bears fans will shout and sing for joy. I think you once did anyway, back in 1986. People will shout and sing for joy over the most meaningless stuff today. You and I here in verse 6, we are reminded of what is really worth shouting and singing for joy over. For great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. Jesus Christ, our Savior, was our God. He stepped off his throne 2,000 years ago and was born into this world to be in our midst. Emmanuel, God with us. That is why we celebrate Christmas. He came to give comfort to those who desperately need it. He came to give salvation to sinners like me and you. And he came to give joy to those who have none. He's the God of our salvation. And so as we close here today, please join us as we shout and sing for joy.